Yeah, I mean, we're a month into it, depending on where you live. And and I'd be willing to bet a lot of people haven't paused yet to say, let's be aware of the, the new routine, the new normal. If you get a new job, you establish a new routine, a new drive to work, uh, maybe a new time you got to get up, a new time you get home. Maybe that impacts when you pick up the kids from school, you name it. You take time. Usually people take two weeks to yeah. say, I'm going to, before I start the new job, transition. Everyone has started a new job, regardless of, you know, maybe it's the same responsibility, same employer, but you're doing it in a different way. And have you taken time to pause and establish the new way? Or are you just allowing yourself to get caught in the flow? Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. I am your host, Bobby Audley. I am a speaker and trainer with the Pinot Training Group, where we work with teams and organizations looking to create powerful, positive, peak performance team cultures. This episode is still part of my podcasting break because in this episode, I am the guest. Last week, I was interviewed on the Sweaty Health podcast. If you didn't check it out on their show, I am sharing it with you here. But before I get into this episode, I do have two quick notes. First, I have another coffee shop shout out. This week's shout out is for a Baltimore, Washington area favorite at Waters. Again, these are not paid sponsorships. I am just shouting out some of my favorite spots that I would quite often frequent and work at that are obviously only doing takeout or delivery right now. I say that because on their site, it doesn't look like you can order bags of coffee. They actually serve counterculture coffee from Durham, North Carolina, which is its own great company. And what you can do at Atwaters is purchase their fantastic locally made breads, jams, pastries, and hot sauces online. No matter where you are in the U.S., you can order those things on their website and have them shipped to you. And if you are in the Baltimore, D.C. area and near one of their locations, you can order off of their full food menu for takeout or delivery. I have personally never had a bad meal from Atwater's. Their mission statement reads, we change the world with wonderful, healthy food. We support our community of farmers and producers. We enrich the neighborhoods we are rooted in. We provide opportunities to those on our journey. We create more energy than we burn. We most of all have fun. For a great meal and to support a local small business during this time, head on over to atwatersfood.com. That's A-T-W-A-T-E-R-S food.com. Second, an update on my end is that I am currently in the process of building out content now for the Patreon page, which I talked about launching last week. The page is available and I'll give you the access information once I actually have some content on there. This page will allow me to offer more bonus episodes, PDF podcast notes, and extra content including more best of episodes like the one I did in February. So please know that that is coming for the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. Other than that, Ryan and I are supporting the teams we serve in all industries via Zoom or video chat of any kind workshops, what we're calling Positive Energy Poppins. Next week, I will be joining a team with one of my clients, M&T Bank, to simply add some good energy to their monthly meeting. This particular meeting is going to be 20 minutes long. I've done some that are an hour long. It's really whatever your team needs. I frame it up this way. At the Pinot Training Group, we believe your energy is everything. How you show up matters. To paraphrase the great Maya Angelou, people will forget what you did, they'll forget what you said, and they will never forget how you made them feel. 
at the present moment, I challenge you to think of someone you look up to, someone who you lean on for support during this difficult time. How do they make you feel? Can you be that positive energy for someone today? For the past month, I have been popping into team meetings to simply share this challenge and share a little inspiration. Share my story of turning challenges into triumphs and hopefully inspire you to do the same. That is all. I greatly look forward to when we can all meet together in person again. And for now, I am simply looking to check in and serve your team. That is the blurb that I sent to MNT Bank. I've been using to frame up the conversations I'm having with athletic teams and quite frankly, any group right now that could use it. This pop-in service is a service we are offering at no cost, totally free. We are just looking to help and serve right now in any way we can. If your team could use a positive energy pop-in, hit me up on social media or fill out a contact form at the Pinotraininggroup.com. That's P-E-N-N-E-A-U traininggroup.com. Now let's get to the episode. As I said, this week is a super fun episode for me. Last week, I was a guest on the Sweaty Health Podcast with fitness professionals Scott Schratt and Ross Fitza. This episode first aired on their show last week, which you can find right now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On their podcast, Scott and Ross sit down with guests to talk about everything from health and fitness to mental health and nutrition. Scott and I played lacrosse together in college, and I'm a huge fan of the work he is doing in fitness, and we had a great time on his podcast. We talk about what Ryan and I are doing to serve teams right now. We talk about why filling your own energy tank is so important. And we talk about strategies for holding teammates and players accountable during this time of social distancing. Again, this audio is literally the audio from their show. And I wanted to share it here for those of you who have yet to hear of the Sweaty Health Podcast to listen to my interview and hopefully afterward, go check out other interviews by Scott and Ross. So please enjoy my cup of coffee from the Sweaty Health Podcast with Scott Schratt and Ross Fitza. Welcome to episode six of the Sweaty Health Podcast. Today we're joined by Bobby Audley, a team culture and leader facilitator. He's done coaching, keynote speaking, as well as TED Talks. Um, we're going to discuss today some topics that pertain to uh, you know personal responsibility, coaching, working past fear. But before we do all that, um, uh, Bobby, could you just give us your, your own personal bio and what you're currently up to during the quarantine? Of course. No, I appreciate being on the show. And uh, uh, my personal bio, as, as brief as possible, is like you said, I do team culture and leadership development facilitation. We, when I say we, I have a business partner, Ryan Pinot, who is the, the name on the marquee of our group. We're the Pinot Training Group. And uh, we work with, quite frankly, a lot of different industries, healthcare, banking, higher education, student leader development. And uh, I have been very intentional about working with athletics. So we've worked with a lot of really cool Division One athletic programs, uh, worked with the Team USA. And when we work with groups, it is in a training environment. Uh, you and I have talked about why I love the word facilitation. I believe we're facilitating the team coming together in a really awesome connected way, which also sparked the podcast that I have, 50 Cups of Coffee, was the TEDx talk I did of just connecting, sitting down with 50 people in a year to connect and, 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 and learn and grow and, and just get to know more people and widen your network. And I've been doing this work for almost 10 years. 
my my former company before joining Pinot Training Group was outside the zone where the whole kind of focus my I thought that was a super creative uh, uh, company name for the concept of stepping out of your comfort zone doing things that that force you to grow doing things that challenge you and so I've been in this line of work for like I said almost a decade and and uh, during quarantine we are doing our best to serve our clients via Zoom. We are not your online guys. Uh, we are not putting together some online, uh, you know, pre-packaged program that'll take you through our concepts. Not that that's bad, that's just not our strength. Sure. Our strength is engaging. So uh, we've been hopping on Zoom calls with the teams that we work with, walking them through some questions that we could probably talk about in this call. And, and then also quite frankly, serving other groups that uh, have never worked with us, but are looking to find ways to connect and engage their people during this time where we are socially distanced. And other than that, I'm doing podcasts and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I started a Instagram TV series uh, if you're listening, you can't see my air quotes. I don't really know what I'm doing with it. Uh, I'm literally just putting together videos. Uh, that's cool though. You just got to <laughs> create, keep creating. And that's, 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 just that's creating. really why we, you know, we started this podcast. And like I, I told you, when we started thinking about who we wanted to come on here, I quickly thought of you, but if obviously those, you guys don't know, Bobby and I played lacrosse in college and, uh, we grew, we grew to become friends and it's 10 years later and we're still talking to each other, which is, which is absolutely great. And, you know, though we may not be in the same exact realm of business, we, we still do very similar things. And, you know, what I'd like to ask from you is why, like, if I was a head coach to a certain team, why am I hiring Bobby? What, what, what are you providing them besides, you know, motivating them? What are you doing for them that allows them to maybe be a better person or be a better team, right? Because I've been on so many different teams and there's been, and I've been lucky enough to been on, be on teams that win. And I've been on teams where we thought we were going to be state champs and we got to the playoffs and all of a sudden it became like, holy shit. I don't know if we're going to win this game or not. And, you know, I'm sure you deal with plenty of coaches and teams that are in situations like that and other types of situations. No, I think that's a perfect frame up to the question. It's obviously a great question. It's the question. If I can't answer this question, then I'm not worth my salt. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and it's a great frame up because we always say, you know, in the world of sports specifically, we do not promise outcomes. We are not outcome focused. And that's not a cop out. That's a reality that there are so many factors that play into whether your team wins at the end of the season. <laughs> and, and you could even argue that shouldn't be your overarching mission is wins and losses. It really should be focused on kind of the values that you're bringing to the team. And I can get into all those kind of cliche answers, but the reality is this. Um, when we work with a team, we promise what we call confidence, connection, and culture. Um, creating, walking that backwards, it's creating a, a powerful, positive peak performance team culture where your players are number one happy, 
Uh, they love to play the sport. I was working with a team about two, three years ago. I think it was three years ago now. They're a, at the time top 10 division one volleyball program. And, and uh, I looked at them and said, you know, are you guys ha like halfway through the day? I could just recognize they weren't having fun. Like, are you having fun with volleyball? And they all looked at me like I was an idiot. They're like, no, like this is a job. This is what we have to do. It's what, like we're here to win. We're here to perform. And, mm -hmm. and I said, I go, well, if I can argue, that's, that's why I'm here as your coach is recognizing that you're kind of half-assing this. You're going through the motions of it. And, and so you haven't created a culture of we're here to have fun. And fun isn't screwing around and laughing. Fun is working your butt off. Fun is committed to a goal. Fun is getting better. So that's getting them bought in on the culture. And then the connection and confidence side of things, as I always say, we want people to be more connected. Well, they're not connected because they're not confident enough to do it. I don't think we need icebreakers. I don't think if you get together in a human knot and you get yourself out of it, all of a sudden you're connected. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we always make the joke about trust falls. If someone does a trust fall and you catch them, it doesn't mean you trust them. It means you're a decent human being and you don't want them to fall on their face. Yeah. And so we attack it from a place of confidence is two things number one do you trust yourself number two do you trust the people around you i had an athlete who one time i could just tell we do these challenges in our day that asks you to like so we use public speaking as a tool quite a bit mm -hmm. because public speaking for a lot of people is the number one fear mm -hmm. and why don't we love public speaking maybe you don't trust your own voice but if you trust your own voice maybe you think the people in your audience are gonna roll their eyes at you laugh at you judge yeah. you whatever so she's kind of going through the motions with this speech and and I say to her do you trust yourself and she goes yes like she's offended I asked her and I go do you trust your teammates and she goes no like, no, <laughs> and I was like well let's talk about that yeah and so we unpacked that she's the the group she's the individual in the group that's constantly the butt of jokes when she takes risks they they roll their eyes at her she's she's looking to take she's a underclassman looking to take an upperclassman's position on the team she can feel that the upperclassmen don't like that and so like when we come in if you were to come in into a team culture workshop and you don't address that then you're wasting your time so our promise to coaches is we are going to address that. We are going to ensure that every player on the team is confident in who they are, number one. We build that individual confidence, but then also connected to their teammates in a way that they trust them and they know that their teammates trust them in return. You don't have to be best friends and you do have to have a sense of trust for the goal of creating a culture where that's just the way you do things. So you look at Duke basketball, whether you graduated last year or, or 20 years ago, you're a part of this fraternity of Duke basketball because Coach Hay has created a sense of this is just how we do things here. Yeah. And so that's the goal in culture is to create that so that it's, it's just, it lives for, for a long Forever. time. Yeah, the pride of being that. Right. Yeah. Right. Amazing. So yeah. it comes through that. Can I, that's, a, that's incredible stuff. And I think everything works off each other, but it's almost like, you start by building the confidence that creates a better culture. And then there's just an incredible connection between everybody. I can make so many parallels to what we do, yeah. Scott, um, yeah. as far as how this works, just gaining. I mean, go on, start, start with one, because I think they all, I mean, a lot of what he's saying relates. Yeah. So, um, uh, so uh, the whole idea of uh, confidence is building confidence in yourself. You know, so many people start out ambivalent and they just want to do something, but they don't feel like they can do it. I think for a lot of people that we work with, especially when they're first starting, we become their confidence. They work through us and we coach them along and say, you can do this. In the past, you've, 
a lot of times they'll take on too much. They'll try to do a 10 day cleanse. It's just way over. They'll try, I'm going to just do keto. They're putting big restrictions on themselves. You just have to learn how to, all right, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever it may be. Simple goals that are one step above where they need to be. Um, so we build the confidence to say, you can do this. I'm going to help you along with it. As they go on, their confidence goes up. And then um, we can build into other things. The, you know, how would, if we start with that as a, as a starting point, building confidence um, in themselves through the coach, you know, how does that pertain now to, to culture? Would culture be like, get them in the gym, get them into that energy of, of a gym, get them some friends that are kind of committed to, to doing this? Like, you know, how can we parallel this um, for the listeners to kind of figure out what does this mean for someone that's maybe first starting exercise? Where, where the confidence and then we're right. them into kind of a cultural idea. Well, this is where I, and, and, and jump in and steer me in a different direction if I'm yeah. off base of what you're asking. But as I I'm think a, about a little it, all over the place too. So no, it's good. Um, so you mentioned the gym as an example. Uh, we worked with a, uh, uh, a gym in Rockford, Illinois, and they wanted us to come in and basically do the same training that we do with an athletic team because they were looking to create an environment where uh, it's called Max Peak. I was trying to remember the name of Max Peak. Yeah, They're yeah. trying to create an environment where a culture within their gym so that, you know, when we work with a team, we say your players will reach the lowest expectation that you set. Uh, you set the bar, right? Yes. We want player led. And as a team, Harry Swain said this in one of my podcast interviews, he goes with the Ravens, we set the bar of what it means to be a part of this organization, a part of this team. And we don't lower it for anybody. We don't lower it. So you can walk over it. Sure. We empower you to reach that bar. And so I look at, a gym and my goal in joining a gym would be to say if I know what what my goals are I want to join an environment when I come in there's an expectation for how you work when you're in this environment there's an expectation for how I show up Ross you said that you are the confidence for people at times and it's like yeah that's how it starts that's why you need a coach you okay. sign up with Ross to say like I don't know what to do and maybe I know what to do I can google the right workouts, and I need someone to hold my feet to the fire and hold me accountable, you're going to be my confidence in that moment until I have been built up and empowered enough where I have enough experiences over time. Talk about creating habits. Depending on the study you read, you know, the Power of Habit book says it's 45 to 90 days. There's another book that says it's 180 days. Bottom line, it's a long time to consistently build this up until all of a sudden your identity is no longer someone that isn't in shape and doesn't work out. You become someone who this is who you are in the same way that a team says, this is how we are. This is who you are. You're someone who works out. Even during this quarantine time, I hate working out from home. I love the energy of a gym. I love the, the accountability of a trainer and like, no one cares that I hate working out. My, my body isn't concerned that I hate working out from home. I have to work out from home right yeah. now. And, and so because it's been, you know, years and years and years of me having an identity of someone who works out and is in shape and he's healthy, then, then I'm maintaining that now because it's who I believe I am. If you believe that you are you are not that. And we see that with teams, right? Uh, I, I worked with a Division One team a couple of years ago. Uh, well, this is a better, this is a good example. Um, Rutgers Athletics, when they joined the Big Ten, they said there was a big challenge with some of their current players who didn't sign up to be Big Ten athletes. 
some of them embraced it. Some of them were excited about it. Some of them took on the challenge and some of them decided to go elsewhere because they did not sign up to be big 10 athletes. Cause it's, it's a difference from where they were. I think it was the big East. Mm-hmm. So I think that that side of things matters. You're going to get, you're going to get clients who love the expectation you set as trainers and as a gym, and you're going to get clients that don't, and maybe they're better off somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You know, there's been so many times where, and we talk about building wins under our clients' belts all the time. We're, we need to build these small wins so that they can get the game of confidence so that they can know that they can do it. And us, as coaches, we are the ones who are holding them accountable, right? Um, and then you get the kind of person who's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I could start with you. As soon as I lose this next 10 pounds, I'll start with you. Or, you know, let me, let me wait until this cools down and then I'll start with you. And those are the types of people that I know are listening and who are still struggling to get started, who are still struggling to figure out where their starting line even is. Or maybe they, they have had 10 different other starting lines and they just haven't had the right plan to move forward. And I think what it comes down to is saying it's okay if I outsource this first, this starting action, or if I outsource this plan to someone else to hold me accountable, to help me build this confidence. And I think that's what a lot of coaches for you might do in order to help build the culture around a team. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And if I can, you know, when I think of the individual who might say, well, you know, I want to make sure I lose this extra 10 pounds before I start with you. I think of vulnerability. And I think there's a lot of coaches that there's a, there's a big vulnerability in reaching out to an outside source and saying, I'm not great at this thing. I need your help with it. Mm-hmm. And that is what I found is the coaches that reach out to us there. I just had a call two days ago of a coach saying, I've been coaching for 15 years. He said this coaching for 15 years. It took a lot for me to acknowledge. I need help with culture mm-hmm. because isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. is building culture. Mm-hmm. And and so I think the same is true for people looking to, to get in shape. It's like, you know, I had a mentor years ago who said, don't be afraid to do things you suck at. Like, don't be afraid to do things you're not good at. And yeah. I think signing up for a trainer, I know myself. I, I've had some injuries in the past year. And there's been times where I'm like, ah, I'm not ready to go back to the gym yet because I'm, I, I'm kind of inside. I'm a little embarrassed of how the shape that I'm in. And, and it's kind of getting over that and saying, you know what, like that's the purpose of seeking help. That's the purpose of finding a coach or finding someone to help you through this and have that vulnerability. I, I, th- I think having that and, you know, just because you're asking for help, doesn't mean it's a sign of weakness. I think it's a sign of strength because you've actually finally, not finally, but you've actually been able to pinpoint exactly where you can get better at, right? And by maybe not fully giving it all to that coach, but meaning like let them do everything, you're still putting in the work, right? It's not like it's a, a sign of weakness saying as a coach of 15 years saying, I need help with this culture. It's saying, I'm just trying to get, make this team better. And you know what? As an individual, we have individuals who are, you know, million-dollar clients, billion-dollar clients, and they're incredible at what they do. And then there's this side of them where they've completely kind of put to the side and not cared about because they have a family, they have a business, 
and then they have themselves and they put themselves last. They don't make themselves a priority. And we still know in the back of their mind, they're like, shit, this summer, all these guys are going to be in the pool and I got to go into the pool and I'm not going to be looking good or yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I'm at work. We got our new photos for the website coming up and I'm going to be sticking in the background. They're thinking that I know they are. And it's totally okay to say, you know what? I'm a really successful individual in what I do. Let me hire a coach to help me continue getting better in that department. Well, and to your point, Scott, this is going to sound overly self-serving and salesy, <laughs> what I would yeah. have to say, but it's, it is the God honest truth. When we first, so we've been doing that. I've been doing this work for nine years. Ryan's been doing it for like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And we met four years ago. And part of why we partnered is I, I specifically loved his program that he was doing, Heart of a Leader, and wanted to bring a version of it to athletics. Not the same thing, but let's, let's tweak it and bring it to athletics. And so naturally, we, we reached out to what we believed were the low-hanging fruit in the market, which were maybe some smaller programs, programs you've never heard of. And on top of that, we started reaching out to programs that we felt needed help. So poor cultures or losing teams or you name it, mm -hmm. and struck out completely, right? And what happened was uh, a, a top program, it was actually a Division three program, but they were like third in the country. Sure. So we reached out. And when I was working with them, I realized this coach, I didn't need to sell him at all. Like he just embraced everything. And so I had a crazy idea. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger in his book said when he became an actor, he went right for the top. He said, I want to work. I want to be the star of the movie. And what he found is it was a less crowded space to compete because most people are competing kind of in the middle. Maybe they're refusing the low end gigs, but they're competing for the middle thinking I'll build my way to the top. And so he ends up getting top roles pretty quickly because he just went for them. And so I, I said to Ryan, I was like, we should just start reaching out to like UNC, Maryland, Purdue, Alabama. Like, let's just, let's just see what happens. And it worked. Because, because what I realized is, you know, uh, some of the best coaches and most successful programs in the country are, are able to admit that this is an area I need growth in, and they're willing to seek that help. Uh, Texas A&M Women's Soccer is one of the most successful soccer programs in the history of soccer. And this is why I said it's going to sound salesy and self-serving. I'm not name dropping. I am, I am floored that uh, they- You have the opportunity. Yeah, we, I sat down with their coach at the soccer convention uh, a few months ago. And within literally after our conversation, he goes, how soon can we do this? Like our sales cycle was, uh, was an hour. And, 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 uh, and we started working with it. He was so convicted and just like, you know what? Like he had nothing to get over personally. It was just like, yep, this is what our team needs right now. So let's do it. And that's turned into uh, a lesson that I share with everybody I work with or, or speak to is we work with the top teams, not because we're so great. It's because the top teams are seeking help. Mm -hmm. And that's true of top individuals. That's true. Of I people. love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Well, that is a, a complete characteristic of a ideal client is that they, they look to you for guidance. Um, they're sold. They're sold on the idea of being coached. And uh, my most successful clients, and Scott, I'm sure you can attest to this, and Bobby, same thing, are the people that are most willing to learn from you, listen to you, and execute, you know, whatever you say. Um, these are the foundations. Now, how for, uh, you mentioned before you're starting to do Zoom calls, um, 
with everything that's going on with COVID-19, how is this changing, like, the connection between you and the coach, teammates together, uh, coaches to uh, teammates? Uh, we're going through something interesting now, even between us and our clients, where we're trying to reach out. We're kind of in limbo. We, don't, we might be back soon. H how are you building uh, a connection with your current clientele and your athletes? I'll tell you how I'm doing it and then I'll tell you how it's going. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how we're doing it is purely, um, so I worked with, so far I have five teams where I've been consistently on Zoom calls with them. And the Zoom call, um, the first one I did, we got on and you know, there's 30 players and the coaches are on it too. And I do a 15 minute, basically, I call it a sales pitch to say when we've worked, and these are all teams I've worked with. When we have worked together, we defined what it means to be a part of this team. And one of our core pillars is we have difficult conversations. So if someone is doing something you're not happy with, you talk to them about it. You don't talk behind their back about it. If someone isn't living up to the commitments that you've set as a team, you talk to them about it. You hold them accountable. And if you're being talked to, don't take it personally. Don't get defensive. This person's trying to make you better. If you disagree, like have that conversation. We do a lot in our in-person workshops on how to receive feedback, how to give feedback, how it helps us grow. So I do that reminder in the beginning to say, right now, difficult conversations are harder than they've ever been. Right. If if I have a problem with Scott, if I see him in person, it might be more comfortable to be like, hey, man, like I know there's been some tension over text or phone, but like we need to talk about this. Yeah. And if we aren't going to see each other in person for three months, I'm probably just going to avoid it. Yeah. And just and not talk about it because it's more comfortable yeah. to do it that way. But you're going to keep thinking about it. you know? Oh, yeah. And it's going to impact my texts and my calls and anything. And yeah. so so. So I said, you know, like, ha make sure you're having those conversations. And the feedback I'm getting from coaches is their number one challenge right now is one, two, three, or four players on a 30-person team who just aren't responding to messages, aren't responding to emails, aren't showing up to team meetings on Zoom, and they don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. like, what, what do you do about it? And, and so I'm putting it on the players to say it's on you, not even just captains, you as players to make sure – you're having these difficult conversations. And then after that, I get into the content. And so I'm building these as I go. The first Zoom, the question I asked everybody was, think of someone you admire and why do you admire them or look up to them? And what happened was it generated a conversation of people talking about, you know, some players said, you know, I admire my parents or my dad or my mom because they're uh, essential workers right now and they're going to work every day and they're not complaining about it. They're staying level-headed. Uh, I admire my older brother because, you know, when he was in college, he had an ACL tear, but he still got back on the field or, or you name it. And what happened, this was my hope and it worked out that we admire people that deal with adversity. We always admire people that deal with adversity. It doesn't mean that, that you have to deal with adversity to earn my respect. But when I use the word admire, we admire people that go through challenge, that go through adversity, come out of it the other end, are positive uh, and level-headed about it. And so I, every single time, hands down, everyone you admire is dealt with adversity. And so I say to them, you right now are dealing with adversity. Being at home, quarantined, your season's canceled, your off-season's canceled. How are you responding to it? Are you responding in a way that five, 10, 15 years down the road, someone that looks up to you is on a call like this and they bring up your name? 
is your name being brought up because of how you're acting right now, how you're showing up right now. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's the zoom call. That's, that was session one and I'm doing a session two with a number of teams and, and building that out. A lot of my focus is on that just kind of, you know, this is where I know I laugh about the, the motivation inspiration side of this gig, but it's a big part of it to get people to take their own action or responsibility. Totally. And, and you know what, you're, you're talking about having those difficult conversations and we all have put ourselves in situations where we've had to make that difficult conversation and we feel so uncomfortable and mm -hmm. the, the, the time leading up to that point, we feel so uncomfortable and it's like the worst feeling in the world. And, and then you have it and you're, you're like, Oh, the weight of the world is off your back and you feel so much better. And it's, it's that time before leading up to it that makes it so hard to make that starting point, to have right. a conversation or to actually start whatever the hell you're in, it is that you're starting. And, and it's so funny that like we hear all the time and especially if, obviously from, you know, your previous work, you said, you know, outside the zone, when we, when we put ourselves in those uncomfortable situations, we spoke about this before for myself. I know that is opened up doors everywhere else. And mm -hmm. we, it's hard to continue to remember that it happens. It still is going to happen. It's going to feel better because that feeling of whatever, whether it's anxiety or whatever you're feeling prior to that, making that decision is so strong that you forget everything that you've done. And you're just thinking about what you're feeling. It's, I feel like it's that, that we need to figure out how to get past, how to keep getting past and continue doing because it's only going to get better by, it's only going to open up doors. It's only going to make things better for your team, yourself, uh, you and your family, whatever it may be. And I think that's kind of one of the keys to why you are so successful is that you help teams and kids do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's repetition, repetition, repetition with that because it never goes away. I, in my TEDx talk, I quoted Transformers, the movie, but I freaking love the line of uh, Megatron. I'm not even a huge Transformers fan. I think I've seen the movie once, but, but uh, it's the end of the movie. And, and the Shia LaBeouf character is like running away from, from Megatron and Megatron goes, is it fear or courage that compels you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've Googled it to see like if someone more like interesting like, said that line yeah. that <laughs> I can attribute it to. It can't, can't be Transformers. <laughs> so I'll just leave it with Transformers. Uh, but uh, uh, I think it's fantastic. I used to have that on my wall in college after I saw that movie because I think that's so true. And those moments when you have that gut feeling, uh, are you allowing the fear or the courage to make your decision for you? And that, you know, the 50 cups of coffee challenge for me was originally that. If you watch my TEDx talk, I say in the talk that it's about connection. And in reality, the rest of the 20 minute talk is about the, the psychology behind taking the challenge on or not. And that's because at that time, that's, that's, really where I was at and what I was focused on the talk itself has taken on much more of the connection focus and so that's where the podcast has come from mm. and in reality you know it's not a really unique idea it's not a new idea yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's it's just the question is you know 
when you, for me, sitting down or coffee or talking to people on the phone is what I enjoy to do. And so it's something I enjoy that still makes me nervous, that still is uncomfortable. And so if you continually do that, then you're continuing to expand that comfort zone. So for you, maybe it's not coffee. Maybe it's not talking to people. Maybe it's going to the gym. Maybe it's working with a trainer. Uh, maybe it's going for a run in the morning. I don't know. Um, but something for you that is, 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 a, is a filler and it's still difficult to do. I have moments all the time where, you know, when I first met Harry Swain, this guy, four-time Super Bowl champion, player engagement director for the Ravens, yeah. agrees to get coffee with me because we had a mutual connection. And I remember sitting in my car, I've told him the story, and my stomach is just in total knots. Because oh I'm like, what? like, partially looking for an out. Like, I'm yeah. just texting him and be like, there was traffic. And, and I thought to myself, like, man, like, this is, this is what, everybody goes through and, and Dude, I go through that every day with yeah. something. There's always yeah. a reason for me to look for an out. It's yeah. just a matter of getting past that stomach. Push past it. And it doesn't yeah. always mean it's good on the other end. Maybe you walk out of the meeting and say that sucked. And it's like, okay, whatever, but you're still alive. You're, you're still here. Um, keep finding those extra meetings. But totally. there's, def there's definitely like unintended consequences to taking action in spite of fear. I, I almost see it as like fear is, you know, it's kind of the arrow pointing at the thing you don't want to do, but courage is like taking those steps to just say, I'm going to do it. I think understanding that there's, there's, there's a potential bad consequence, uh, a consequence, there's a good one, but there's also, like you said, Scott, you know, going into group fitness, there's unintended consequences that we have to understand by taking this action. There's things that we're not comprehending that will, will positively benefit us. And sometimes it is something like, wow, I'm never doing that again. Cause that's, <laughs> that's right, right, right. And that's okay. Like we have to, we have to, we have to learn from that. Sometimes our decisions are not good. We're like, I fear this. I fear this. Well, it was good. You feared it because it wasn't the right thing to do. Now you officially know because you put yourself through it. But I think so often the, the, the greatest things that happen to us in life are when we take that dive, we go into something that we're absolutely frightened of. Uh, we get past it and maybe it's not that specific thing, but it's something else that comes from just being able to do that. Uh, that's, I, I, and once again, just trying to tie it back to everything that's going on now. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of people, many people that are living in a little bit of fear. You know, this is very scary for a certain uh, portion of the population that's older and, and unhealthy. Mm. Um, you know, and even for people that are healthy, I have clients that are in perfect health and they're just on lockdown. They're not going out at all. They're not going shopping. Everything's coming into the house. They haven't left, left their house yeah. in like, what is it about six weeks in? Yeah. So, you know, and, Maybe that's not a great example. Maybe now is the time to say, I'm going to go shopping. And, you know, then you end up getting it. But there's, there's an innate risk to everything we do. There's a little fear with maybe everything associated um, with, uh, with what we're going to do in the day. Or maybe risk. Risk is probably the better, yeah. better word. And we just have to, you know, weigh the options of what's worth taking. I think it's always life. better to say, to know, rather than to say what if, right? When it comes down to it because we talk about this a lot in the podcast on someone has something on their mind. They've wanted to make some form of a change for quite a while, right? Maybe they've been researching it, researching it the past six months. Maybe they've been thinking about the past six years, but they haven't started because of that fear, 
that feeling because they don't have the confidence. And I think it's so much better because you're, what you're saying is it's all about that repetition. Keep doing it, keep doing it. And you, they probably do that in so many other departments of their life. But when it comes down to this one thing to make this change that they've been thinking about for so long, they can't seem to do it. But when you think about it, it's always better to know than to say what if. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, uh, as I think about it, right now, I think really what a really important concept is there's a book called how full is your bucket. And in the, there's actually a kid's version of it that explains it really well. I, like uh, there's a, yeah. I always laugh. I saw Lou Holtz speak one time and he said, you know why my book is 300 pages? Cause the publisher said it had to be 300 pages. I think a lot of times we can explain concepts in about 12 pages, but we make it longer. So this I'm going to explain the concept right now and you should still read the book. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it comes from the theory of margins that says all of us have an energy tank going through the day uh, that allows us to take action and, and make decisions and, and respond and react, you name it. And when our tank is full and abundant, the little, the, the, the biggest thing can happen and it doesn't set us off. You could, if your tank is full, you got a lot going on, you feel abundant, you got a lot of wins in your life, you could get in a car accident on the way to work, you're not injured, and it doesn't bother you. You know what? Hey, I'm blessed, I'm grateful, everything's good. You could get in a fight with your spouse, and you can sit back and say, you know what? Quarantine is causing us to just have some friction. Let's settle this down, we're gonna be okay. But if your tank is drained, if you are just like you've had the worst day, you've got no wins, you haven't taken care of your mental health at all, the smallest thing can set you off. Your spouse can suggest something for dinner and you can be like, you know, I hate that meal. What is wrong with you? And it just pisses you off. And, and so we talk about this to say, we talk about this in general to say when we talk about bringing energy and positivity, be aware of how you're taking care of yourself, your, what you're doing to feel yourself, how you're taking care of your mental state. And to Ross's point, you know, people are, are definitely fearful of, of getting this virus. And, and, and maybe that's a good thing because we don't want people to get it. Yeah. And how are you taking care of your mental state? How are you filling your bucket? Because, and be intentional about it. For me, Filling my bucket is in-person conversations, going to the gym, uh, uh, large events. Like I am your token extrovert. And so like <laughs> this, I have to be more intentional about it right now to say maybe going for a run or, or just being outside a little bit, having more phone conversations like this doing being intentional noticing when my bucket's kind of drained my wife and i like you know danielle like we yeah we've started at first she didn't love like that i would use like this type of language she's like don't use your trainer language at home and i'm like <laughs> no like this is like real stuff to the point where like two days ago i was pretty short-tempered and she legit was like do you need to fill your bucket and i was like yes <laughs> yes i do and, <laughs> and then you get mad at her for calling you out yeah 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 and so and and like right now you know like, again, you know, if going, if getting out is what you need to do to fill your bucket, then the grocery store might be your only option. Put your mask on, put the gloves on, go to the grocery store, come home, sanitize everything, take a shower, like wash your clothes, do what you need yeah. to do. I, I think and what mental it, health is important now. Yeah, too. definitely. What it comes down to and what you're saying is that know what your thing is that helps you clear your mind. And if you feel like that bucket is getting lower and lower, you better get out there and do that thing. If you can't right now because of quarantine, you need to find a version of that in order right. to, to, to at least fill your bucket back up. 
Yeah, and, 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 and be super intentional. It comes down, I think, you know, if there's a theme of this episode at all, it's intentionality. It's saying like, you know what, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna be aware, if I don't feel motivated, if I don't feel like taking action, if I feel scared of the change, how do I take responsibility for changing that? There's a, 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 I don't know where I got this line, but it's don't always listen to yourself, talk to yourself. Too often we, and it's good to reflect, and too often we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves and us being the motivator to say, I'm going to do something different here. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I, th I think it, it comes down to it. And when you're talking about like talking to yourself, there's, especially during quarantine, when there's not much human connection, you're almost stuck in a room with the, the voice in your head who you're talking to for much longer than you typically been talking to. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's a great thing because, you know, look what's happened with Ross and I, we've gotten much more creative than we had been. We have a little bit more time now, obviously, but you know, we're doing things that we've been putting off for quite some time. And, you know, that was part of the first episode that we started was, you know, we had been putting some things off because we've been so busy and, you know, in our, in our mind, we're talking to ourselves, oh, we'd love to start a podcast. We'd love to get creative. We'd love to do this. We'd love to coach online. We'd love to, whatever it may be. And finally, we now have the time to talk to ourselves a little bit more and hash it out and brainstorm and now finally take the action and starting. And I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, being intentional with your time right? If you're going to, if you're going to create some form of routine, make sure there's some intention behind what you, what, what you're going to do rather than just going through the motions. Yeah. I mean, we're a month into it, depending on where you live. And, and I'd be willing to bet a lot of people haven't paused yet to say, let's be aware of the, the new routine, the new normal. If you get a new job, you establish a new routine, a new drive to work, uh, maybe a new time you got to get up, a new time you get home. Maybe that impacts when you pick up the kids from school, you name it. You take time. Usually people take two weeks to yeah. say, I'm going to, before I start the new job transition, everyone has started a new job regardless of, you know, maybe it's the same responsibility, same employer, but you're doing it in a different way. And have you taken time to pause and establish the new way? Or are you just allowing yourself to get caught in the flow? And eventually what happens is that bucket gets lower and lower and lower. And you'll start, yeah. to, it'll, it'll well, get empty and then something, something's going to happen, you know? Well, it gets, I would, I would assume it gets harder to, to, to get your bucket full because you're just in a constant state of like reaction. It's an uncomfortable zone just being in this, this um, experiencing this pandemic and having the change in schedule. So if you don't have some level of routine in your life, you know, if you're not waking up around the same time, if you're, you know, not scheduled, if you have kids doing the, doing the homework, if everything is chaotic every single day, there's going to be no sense of self taking time for yourself to exercise. That's going to be the last thing on your mind. And that's why that's such a great point, Bobby, that we need to just fill that bucket up first, make sure it's like that. And then it would be much easier to do things. Uh, you'll be, you'll have much better focus for yourself 
and your and your, and your goals so you can actually make progress in a crazy time and that's that's exactly what we spoke about in our first podcast was putting together rituals that are sustainable for quarantine and then on top of that taking time for yourself addressing things and going after something maybe you've been pushing off for a while whether it's weight loss for us maybe it's doing a podcast and for yourself it's maybe developing a new system of coaching right through zoom that you can use in the future if you can't make it um uh to be there in person you know this could be we're just seeing opportunity where a lot of people might see problems Mm -hmm. that's kind of um another topic i guess we could even go into is like how you're framing things you know people see negativity people see uh, positivity in the same um exact thing yeah yeah i think you're 100 i mean it's funny the the first time I did a Zoom with a team. So I did a Zoom with a team I've never worked with before. And the coaches appreciated it. They liked it. And I walked away and said, yeah, as soon as this thing goes away, I'm never doing that again. Like, it, it's great for now. And as soon as we're allowed to be in person, that first interaction is, is best in person for me. And maybe that'll change as I get better at it. However, to your point, Ross, I did a um, – this, this kind of, I would call it a follow-up session with a team we've worked with, which we probably wouldn't even necessarily do, but I just felt the need to serve. And, and I walked away and I was like, this was fantastic. It was an hour of my day. I, I did it from home. We should do this all the time anyways. <laughs> and so it, it, yeah. it, you're right. It created a, a new opportunity to say, we're going to do this. And for me, you know, your point of opportunity versus challenge. I've torn both my Achilles tendons in the past, like three, four years. Wow. And uh, we can get into that on a more technical <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but but, uh, but I bring it up because the first time I tore it, you know, I, I used it as my, I, I signed up for a Tough Mudder race, like immediately to say, like, I'm going to get over this. I'm a train. I'm going to get back at it. And mm-hmm. I did. You know, I, a year and a half later, I did the physical therapy, you name it, got back at it, tore my other one completely unrelated, you know, playing pickup basketball. And a lot of people in my life were like, well, maybe like your athletic days are over your, 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 your sports days are over, you know, pick up golf or pick up something else. And, and I had a moment, I, I was actually just kind of like just sitting and thinking. And I thought to myself, like, this will not be my story. My story will not be, I used to be an athlete and then I got injured and I became a chess player. Like that's just not my story. And, Mm -hmm. and so in this time, Ryan and I hopped on a call, like as soon as like black Tuesday for us, when all of our events canceled and, and we didn't know what the future held. And, and he said it, he goes, this reminds me of what you said, you know, when you got hurt, when you said this won't be our story, he goes, this will not be our story. Our story will not be, we used to run this really cool business and then COVID-19 happened. Uh, our story will be, we got creative. We found new ways to serve. We opened new markets, uh, you name it. And so I think that's good for people right now. You know, you're seeing a lot and I, 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 I can have humor. So I'm not calling out people that are posting every day about drinking all day, but yeah. like you can see the memes of for some people, their story is like, sweet. I'm a open up a bottle of wine at lunchtime now. And other people's story is, I got all the time in the world to work out and get better and start the podcast and you define it, you know, maybe, maybe for you open a bottle of wine at lunchtime is cool for a story. I don't give a shit. You, do you. And, uh, and, and, you know, you know, it's so funny that you say that is that you didn't, you didn't want that to be your defining moment. I, 
I once created a Facebook group and the title of the group I'm looking at it right now is I used to be an athlete. Now I'm out of shape and overweight. That was the title of the group. Because <laughs> I know there are people like that. Yeah, there are yeah. people who let that story be them. And you were, you know, you were there. You were, you had the wherewithal to say, that's not going to be me. And mm -hmm. I don't want that story to be me. And sometimes people can't like, they don't notice that that is slowly becoming their story. I, oh, let my job, yeah. Yeah, I let my job take control of my life for the first 20 years of my marriage. And now I'm finally out of shape. I got kids. I, I'm into my job. I'm good with business. And that's why they come to us. And we're, you know, we're totally grateful for those types of situations. But there's, there's those other people who don't reach out, you know. And that's, um, I, I think that's a, a absolutely great point. And what Ross was saying is that some people look at the situation that we're in and think to themselves like any, this couldn't be any worse. And then other people will look at themselves and are like, wow, there's so many different areas of opportunity for you. Like I just noticed, like I saw this the other day, I'll share it with you guys is um, I know, you know, Gary V is Gary V, but he, he posts, he posted this the other day. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Right. So it's you choose what you get to look at. Positivity, gratitude, growth. It's a picture of a kid on a bus. He on one side, it's all positive. The other side is negativity, failure, regret. And it's the same kid. Right. It's the same person. And it's just a matter of how do you make that choice? You know, right. and I think I think when it comes to, you know, thinking about yourself in a certain situation and maybe feeling that that uh, regret or that anxiety to make that change. It's a matter of knowing if I just keep repeating myself, putting myself in that uncomfortable situation, pushing further, only good things will come of it. I, I, and I love how, and I don't know if this was super intentional of the cartoon, but I love how it's the same kit because yeah. maybe too often those things are framed up as, you know, positive guy versus negative guy. And it's like, we're both, right? Yeah. Like we, we all have our days. It's those of us that are intentional about how we look at things. And it doesn't mean we're naive. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ryan and I last week were talking about how we as a business are kind of now we've worked with some cool athletic programs and we're starting to get some traction with that. And because of that, some corporate groups have reached out purely because athletic stories are cool and compelling. And so it's like, can you talk at our, you know, quarterly meeting about what you're teaching UNC athletics? And it's like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. And all of that just came to a halt and to sit there and say, let's find the opportunity. Yes, we're doing that. And like a week or so ago, he and I both were just like, and this sucks, right? Like, and, and it's like, it's, it's my dad asked me, he's like, are you like stressed out right now from a business side of things? And I go, stress isn't the right word because, you know, we're blessed and abundant and, and, and Danielle has a job. And so it's not like we're a household that depends on entrepreneurship only. Mm -hmm. And I said, the word is sad. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but the word is sad. Like I had a lot I was looking forward to this spring and summer and fall. Mm -hmm. And it looks like that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset, but don't sit in it and don't let that make your decisions for you. Don't get sad and then quit 
and 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 not take yeah, action. Don't don't let it's that create your decision. Don't let those emotions create your decision because you know, right. you know, you have that other side of you. And when you when you let the the sad part make the decision, it's probably not your best choice. Right. Absolutely. Well, who's winning? That's that's what it is because we all have that negative chatter in our uh, in our heads, and some of us are geared more toward that versus yeah. Being that overly positive person that we might find if we went to, um, you know, one of the bigger human performance experts where everything is like, yeah, jumping up and down, <laughs> high fives, like we were talking yeah. before about some of our experiences. Um, that it, it almost isn't genuine. I, I understand the concept of fake it till you make it, but sometimes you need to experience, you know, a little bit of highs and lows. And I know from my own perspective, you know, I share with you, Bobby, that I don't like working out at home. I'm not enjoying this process of, um, you know, having a, you know, a very small garage gym and then being forced to go outside when it's still a little bit cold in New York. (laughs) So I'm constantly pushing myself into that uncomfortable zone. I don't enjoy it, but it's a part of who I am. So I do it. Uh, you know, my days, some, some days I'm up and down and it's, it's tough to snap out of, but, you know, I think we all have to, especially now have certain strategies to recognize when we're being triggered to go in the wrong direction. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's good to, to be smart about like, Oh, keep this going. But when are we starting to let that negative chatter in our head take over and it's making us less productive from what we need to be doing during the day? It's, 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 it's you know, uh, changing our direction from where we want to go to where we don't want to go. Um, I mean, do you have any, you know, uh, strategies that you can think of offhand to instantly recognize it, change direction, you know, something along the lines of that? Yeah. I mean, what we, what I, what I, what I teach is, is just change, do something different. If you are finding yourself, um, just, you know, zoomed out, right. You're on zoom all day. And the reality of video chat and face chat is I was reading the other day from a, a therapist who was saying there was a blog post about how you can experience cognitive dissonance via video chat, which means like you, you your brain is seeing, I'm having a conversation right now with Ross and I don't, feel anything right like I see you but I'm not getting the endorphin rush that comes from being in person with someone and so for me personally I'll be an entire day on zoom and and at the end of it I'm drained I'm exhausted I'm, I'm short of patience and I don't know why because I'll go an entire day dealing with you know having a workshop with individuals and feel alive at the end of it and and so it's recognizing okay I'm being drained by that so my change is being more intentional about my schedule and I understand maybe you're listening to this thinking well my boss isn't allowing me to be more intentional about my schedule and what can you do you know when Scott first reached out about this podcast I thought he I thought it was for mine and so I said no not that I would not love to interview you guys for my podcast I would down the road we will and in this moment I'm like I gotta pump the brakes on it for my own emotional well-being. Um, I've noticed that I'm still in a state of rush because uh, my typical day post-quarantine is go, 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 right? I'm on a plane at least once a week during our busy time. Uh, we're cranking up the podcast. We're, we're doing sales. We're talking to coaches. And so the other day, I was sitting on my deck having a morning cup of coffee and, and I felt a sense of, I got to get to work. And I paused and thought like, do I have to get to work right now? Oh my Can God, I, I feel that every day. 
Yeah, I'm feeling that. Same thing. And, and I am not trying to be, you know, we're, we're three, you know, individuals self-employed or whatever, however it works. Yeah. But like, you know, like I'm not trying to be the naive people saying that you can just take control of your day and at some level find ways that you can uh, have just when you notice it, whether it's change your state, whether it's change your environment, whether it's taking uh, 10 minutes to, to breathe, whether it's grabbing a cup of coffee, uh, whatever works for you. I don't believe in a one size fits all. I don't think we could write a book and say, do these 10 things and you'll be okay. Well, I know personally, yeah. yeah, I know personally, yeah. I, I share the same thing. Like Scott and I, you know, when we're working, we'll walk probably three to five miles a day training, oh, five, and we're constantly moving, constantly engaging. Uh, you know, not always like high energy, but a good portion of the time where, you know, we're engaged in some good conversation, we're pushing through people through workouts, very stimulating. And the hardest transition for me is that it's very quiet now. It's silent. So my, you say state change, that's usually what works for me when I feel myself getting into that lull, say, go outside, go for a walk, get moving, do some walking lunges, do some push-up. Just change your physical state first, and usually the mental state gets better, gets kicked up. And usually you don't want to do it, right? It's the same reason people don't want to go to the gym, but yeah. after the gym, you're happy you did and you feel better, right? You've heard it a thousand times. The same is true for getting outside, going for a walk. I've heard the numbers are 20. If you go for a 20-minute walk, uh, it, it, that's what it takes to, to refresh yourself. It's 20 yeah. minutes. I uh, did it the other day. I listened to your podcast. It was great. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The, the, the numbers, the numbers I'm helpful as your bucket is five to eight positive interactions for every one negative is status quo eight, or maybe it's no three to five, three to five positive interactions for every one negative is status quo five to eight is you're in a place of thriving. So think of it that way. Five to eight things that fill your bucket versus the one thing that drains it right now there might be a lot more things that drain your bucket and draining your bucket isn't bad. Kids can be a drain from your bucket. Hopefully overall they're a filler for you if you're a parent and they can be a drain and maybe a bigger drain now that you're homeschooling them. Uh, maybe work is a drain. It doesn't mean you hate your job. It can be a drain. Zoom. Like I said, uh, it's, it's a weird dynamic that I love these. And at the same time, I hate these. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, the cognitive dissonance is probably a drain. So be aware of that, of making sure you're in that, that five to eight range. Well, you know what? I do hope that even though you're not a major fan of Zoom, I hope this podcast can even just help you kind of get back into that realm because you are such a good speaker and good at what you do. Dude, I think just, uh, uh, and, and if, if a guest of my podcast is listening, this is nothing against you, but I think the fact that I'm not running this is cool too. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> it's always good, right? <laughs> um, I, and I, I think that's definitely a good good spot to kind of cut it and we uh, we've covered a lot of ground here when it comes to and it, it's funny that you know the last two podcasts now we're kind of getting into the, the talk about mental health and kind of I a lot of it a lot of behavioral change or a lot of any sort of change requires psychology and mm -hmm. requires you to figure out what those triggers are and what those states are that help you and that bring you down and you know, we need to, we need to, you know, put it out there so that other people can listen and say, you know, that is me. I also feel those things. And let me try this other thing that they just said, because I've never done that. And then mm -hmm. I, I think that's the real reason why we are, we have created this podcast is because we want, we want those people to say, you know, there are 
ton of takeaways in this podcast. I'm going to do a few of those. And for you, for you, Bobby, I think you have given us and given our viewers or our listeners uh, tons of takeaways. And we really appreciate that. I appreciate being on. I, I'm grateful you asked. I think it's awesome you guys are doing this. Knowing you as I do, Scott, I think you're a perfect person to be doing a podcast. And uh, <laughs> now meeting Ross, awesome, awesome kind of dual dual podcast you're doing. And I'm, I'll say this last thing to your point there. I read this morning a mentor of mine who I follow um, tweeted that in 2019, he didn't read one book. He said, you read that correctly. I didn't read one book in 2019. I committed to implementing the tools and strategies that I've already learned at, at an extraordinary level. Because if I do that, I'm going to grow more than reading more books. And that was really powerful for me to read because I look up to him and, and I look at him as the kind of guy that's like read a book a month kind of thing. And it was powerful to say, and step back, take a few things and do those few things at an extraordinary level and see where that takes you. With intent for sure. Thank you, Bobby, so much. Um, This was an incredible podcast. Like Scott said, we learned a lot and we have uh, many takeaways. So I'm looking forward to listening to this again. Cause I, once again, I always take a lot of notes during the podcast. <laughs> We're going to go back with you. And you know, it's, it's so interesting, Scott, maybe you can back me up on this. As, as we talk to more people, such interesting people that have so much to offer. I, you know, I'm always trying to think of this as like, how can I be a better coach? What can I learn to apply yeah. to my clients? But I'm find myself. I know what you're about to say. That's really good. I think I need to do this. I need to listen again for myself. Yeah. Because I think it all does. You're a good coach. You have to implement everything on yourself first, and then you can feed it to your clients, right? You can. One hundred. I think that again, going back to vulnerability too. Like like, uh, too many people put other people on a pedestal, and the more that we and not and it sounds like we're putting ourselves on an arrogant pedestal to be like, well, we can knock ourselves. But like we are, you are in the business of coaching fitness. I'm in the business of coaching performance and culture, and so that's why I try to say all the time that fight with my wife was two days ago. That moment of feeling like I'm rushed was yesterday. Like (laughs) like it's like yeah, it's not perfect, right? Like just just keep doing your best amazing yeah so one last thing bobby give your uh little plug i'd like where can people find you absolutely so the podcast is 50 cups of coffee with bobby oddly it's on apple spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, and soundcloud and i'm on all the social medias Bobby Audley. And then our organization is PenoTrainingGroup.com. So it's P-E-N-N-E-A-U TrainingGroup.com. And that's where you can find all the, you know, team trainings we do, the keynotes, the workshops, kind of the in-person type stuff is on there. Absolutely amazing. And we, th- we thank all the listeners for tuning in. This is the Sweaty Health Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Take a screenshot it, share it on your story, tag the Sweaty Health. We really appreciate you guys and we appreciate Bobby. Thank you and have a great time. Thank you for listening to the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you are listening. Please give us a rating and leave a review and connect with me on social at Bobby Audley. 
If you are interested in learning more about our peak performance coaching program or simply grabbing a virtual cup of coffee with me, go to calendly.com forward slash Bobby Audley zero one. This podcast is a production of the Pinot Training Group and our theme music is by Matisse Soy. To learn more about the work we do with teams and organizations, please check us out at pinotraininggroup.com. Thank <laughs> you.